the 2023 NFL Draft is this week, and it's my favorite time of year, mock draft season. I've only done one mock draft this year to make sure that I can get the most accurate and most informative mock draft out there, and so let's get into it a little bit. It's going to be a first round mock draft with no trades, which may not be the most realistic, but it's even more unrealistic to try to predict what kind of trades will actually happen on draft day. I will also be drafting as if I am the GM, not predicting what will happen, so this is based off more of my analysis and my mock draft and big board, rather than basing it off of what I've heard about a team or a specific player. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get into this first round mock draft. Thank you. I'm Tyler Coker, and I'm your host for today's episode of Today with Tyler. I hope you enjoy. This year's draft starts with the Carolina Panthers at pick number one. Trading up to pick number one, we knew pretty quickly that they were going to be drafting a quarterback, and they get their choice of anyone on the field. That said, the best quarterback in this draft class is going to be Bryce Young. Maybe not in the future if someone like Anthony Richardson or another developmental prospect really blows up, but as of right now, the best prospect for a quarterback for a start now kind of team is going to be Bryce Young. Quarterback's their biggest position in Carolina, they've been needing one for a while and it's been really confusing. And by drafting someone like Bryce Young, he'll help bring Carolina out of this kind of state that they've been in, where they haven't had a true answer at quarterback, and instead have just been relying off other quarterbacks. Bryce Young is extremely good, and Carolina doesn't have as bad of an offensive line as a lot of teams that have the number one overall pick would. And so by having that number one overall pick, but still having a pretty good offensive line, you're looking at a team that can help Bryce Young be the best he possibly can be and a team that has enough skill players around him to really make him at least be set up to kind of succeed in his first year and continue to improve into his sophomore season. Now we go to pick two in Houston with the number two overall pick and their first out of two in this first round. And with the number two overall pick, although I've heard buzz recently that they won't be taking a quarterback, I'm going to take CJ Stroud from Ohio State. CJ Stroud is extremely good, and if it weren't for Bryce Young being great, CJ Stroud would be the first quarterback taken off the board. Stroud has an extremely strong arm and has lots of room to develop, since he didn't show everything he possibly could in college. With the Ohio State system, he didn't have to show much anticipation and didn't really have those pro-style concepts that he's going to see in the NFL. But I do think Houston has a strong enough roster already to help him succeed the NFL and make sure that he can continue to develop, but also can start right away and offers a play now ability that can continue to develop into an even better quarterback. With pick number three, we have Arizona. And while most likely we'll end up seeing a trade here, there are no trades in this mock draft. And that leaves Arizona looking at their needs. Some of their biggest needs include defensive line, a corner, and a lot of other things as well. But where you really start with a complete rebuild like this is with an exciting skill player like Will Anderson, the edge from Alabama. 
Will Anderson is going to be the best edge off this board right now, and is a great run and pass stopper. Someone who's going to be able to bring them value in both the run game and the pass game, while beginning to rebuild this defense. And, let's be honest, someone coming from the Philadelphia Eagles system is always going to want to build on the trenches, since that's what made Philadelphia elite in the first place. Great trench play starts with someone like Will Anderson, who's going to be in a fantastic edge for you, immediately. Now, that brings us to pick number four with Indianapolis, and you're kind of stuck picking Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. He's extremely talented, and I did my own separate breakdown of him as well, separate on my channel, but he is going to be a very high ceiling but low floor quarterback. With Indianapolis, they're kind of stuck in a hard place. You don't have any better choice than Anthony Richardson, but you have to have a lot of faith in your quarterback's coach and your offensive coordinator to bring him to that next level because right now he's not worth starting immediately. He does have Gardner Minshew to contend with in offseason training, which at least gives him a quarterback competition and makes him earn his spot. But Gardner Minshew isn't elite, unfortunately. And so Anthony Richardson is going to probably win. And he's a first round pick, so fans are gonna wanna see him win anyway. Anthony Richardson has an elite ceiling and Indianapolis just needs somebody who can get fans excited again because this team looked promising two years ago, and now all of a sudden we're looking down the barrel of a complete rebuild if Anthony Richardson doesn't work out. That now brings us to pick number five with Seattle. And Seattle has a lot of ways they can go, and in my opinion, they should target the defensive line. Jalen Carter is the best defensive lineman left, and sure, there are some character issue concerns that people have been coming up with, but a lot of character issue concerns are just smoke screens, and I wouldn't be surprised if they aren't really true about Jalen Carter. He is a fantastic defensive lineman who is going to be an absolute beast, and is going to take pressure off of the edges that they will invest in later in the draft, since this edge class is significantly deeper than the defensive tackle class. Getting a later round edge and getting a fantastic defensive tackle right now who was the best player on an insanely elite Georgia defense last year is going to be very helpful because Seattle needs the help they can get in the D-line because while they've invested in it well this offseason, you can never invest too much in young elite talent and that's what Jalen Carter brings to Seattle. Now, we go to pick six with the Detroit Lions. And the Lions are in an interesting spot where they are in desperate need of a couple positions to really make themselves great this year. And they're looking at a lot of one-year contracts this season. So next season, they're also gonna have a lot of holes. So how do you tackle a situation like that? You take the best player you can at a very high value, high need position. And luckily, those overlap with corner. And while Detroit has two options here, I'm taking Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon. He's extremely versatile, he fills the biggest need, obviously, and he's pretty standard the best cornerback in the draft. Because he's versatile, he allows Dan Campbell and the Lions coaching staff to really get creative, because Gonzalez can play man, but he can also play zone. 
I could also see them targeting Devin Witherspoon here, cornerback from Illinois. But for me, he just seems like too much of a man corner, where Christian Gonzalez brings you that versatile overall good cornerback play. That's going to be important for a team that might be contending soon, but might still have a couple years left. And with that versatility, he brings someone who can start right now and help maybe win the division for the first time in a while. Now, that brings us to pick seven with the Las Vegas Raiders. And the Raiders have a lot of very big needs. But to me, their biggest need by far is going to be cornerback. And the best cornerback left on the board, who is still worth a seven overall pick, is Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois. He is definitely their biggest need, but he's aggressive and sets the tone for a defense and brings it back to what Las Vegas was when they were back in Oakland. An aggressive defense that doesn't want anyone to get by. He also kind of brings Josh McDaniels back to when he was a Patriots coach, because the Patriots have always had very aggressive corners that are going to be able to turn the ball over and give the offense more chances. So Devin Witherspoon seems to fit perfectly. He's aggressive, is a great need, and ultimately is just going to set the tone for a defense and start a new era of this Vegas defense, because they certainly need one. Now we pick eight with the Atlanta Falcons, and to me, they take Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech. Wilson has enough athletic upside to where he might not even be here in the real draft at pick number eight. But since he is here, and since Atlanta invested in corners through people like Jeffrey Okuda, I feel they have the opportunity to take an athletic edge who might be an all-pro very soon. He has an insane amount of size and length, but is still extremely athletic at that size and length. And as a freak of nature, he brings a ton of talent to a team that's trending upward. Not to mention they signed Bud Dupree, who would be a great mentor for a very young, raw edge rusher like Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson brings them that star power that ultimately is important for a defense. And at some point, you do have to take a gamble when you have a division as weak as the NFC South is. Because the Atlanta Falcons are one good draft away from winning that division and being in the playoffs. But they also could fumble this very poorly. So it's going to be important to invest and make sure that Tyree Wilson and the following players are successful. Now that brings us to pick number nine overall with the Chicago Bears. And the Bears, to me, take Miles Murphy, the edge out of Clemson. He's an athletic monster that brings a lot of talent to a pretty dismal defensive line. Because when you look at Chicago overall, they have a couple big needs, but one of the biggest needs that's so void of talent is going to be the defensive line. They could use a corner or something like a safety, but they didn't invest in a corner last year who has a lot of upside. So in my opinion, you take an edge rusher who is going to be elite for you, and bring in a ton of talent to a team that wants to be trending upward and still has a good opportunity to make some pushes and get good very soon. So picking someone like Miles Murphy is going to make that defense much better, takes pressure off of the secondary and puts it back instead on the defensive line. 
which is extremely helpful and fits my philosophy of building a team up. With the 10th overall pick, the Philadelphia Eagles to me select Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle out of Pitt. While he doesn't necessarily seem immediately like a great pick for the 10 slot, I think he's fantastic. Philadelphia always builds through the trenches, and they lost some key free agents, and Kalijah Kansi has high upside that you know Philadelphia is going to be able to develop and get. He's extremely quick and extremely light and has the opportunity to be elite on that defensive line and add in yet another deadly pass rusher to a defense that's already scary. In a team where there aren't really that many holes in general, why not invest in the defensive line, something that has always worked for Philadelphia, with somebody who has an insanely high upside that you know Philadelphia is going to be able to achieve and be able to use perfectly in their scheme. Now, that brings us to pick number 11 with Tennessee. And to me, they take Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. This pick is pretty chalky. There aren't many other ways they can go after cutting Taylor Lewan and their offensive line already struggling last year. Tennessee needs to invest in the offensive line. No matter what they're gonna do, if they're rebuilding or if they're still trying to contend, Tennessee absolutely has to invest in the offensive line. And since there are no trades in this mock draft and they do have an opportunity to trade in the real draft. They may end up investing in a young quarterback, but to me, they take a developmental quarterback and instead take Paris Johnson, who's gonna anchor down that left side of the offensive line and will just be a great overall pick for them. Now, that brings us to 12 with Houston yet again. And to me, they take Lucas Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa. I had a lot of struggles with this pick. There are a lot of ways that Houston can go, and that comes down to their needs. They're a team that has a lot of pretty big needs, including things like corner and safety and even some offensive line help. But an edge is going to be extremely important for them. It takes pressure off of their secondary, which has some upside to it, and is going to be so important for a team that lost their biggest pass rusher in Ogbonia Alcaronquo. He was extremely good, but he left for Cleveland, leaving a big gap in terms of defensive line talent. And Lucas Van Ness has that talent that's going to be extremely good for them. He's extremely athletic and will be able to provide help that gives hope on both sides of the ball. Because now you have a quarterback that you're investing in, and you have an edge rusher who's going to bring star power and young talent to a defense that will finally begin to start clicking, especially since we know that D'Amico Ryans is going to want to invest in the offensive and defensive line, because that's what worked in San Francisco, and it's going to work here with Lucas Van Ness. That brings us to pick 13 with the New York Jets, and the Jets take Roderick Jones, the offensive tackle, out of Georgia. He's extremely athletic with a lot of upside, and ultimately, if the Jets can't get a quarterback this offseason, their biggest need is going to be a tackle, since they have so many offensive line questions, and it helps make their decisions a lot easier. 
Mekhi Becton has always been a question mark for the last couple of years. And Max Mitchell is more of a convert to guard than really being a true tackle. Not to mention George Fant is pretty good, but can you always hope that he's always pretty good? It's better to just invest in a young tackle when there's one so good available to you. And they really get a steal with Broderick Jones. I think it's an amazing fit and an amazing pick, and something that's going to help whoever ends up playing quarterback for the Jets for the long-term future. And now comes the pick that I might as well just not even make. Pick 14 overall is the New England Patriots, and they never do anything normal. That said, if I was a GM, I would trust Bill Belichick, but since I don't have Bill Belichick to tell me what weird Division Three school to draft from, I'm going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver from Ohio State. He's the best receiver in this draft, pretty hands down, and he's going to be a great fit for Mac Jones, since he's going to be open consistently and going to really help out that wide receiver core, which is lacking a true one receiver. While Smith and Jigba is most likely going to be in the slot for most of his time, it's better than relying on the shell of Nelson Aguilar, who was on the team last year, and people like Jacoby Myers. Since while they are okay, there's no true star, and Jackson Smith and Jigba brings that star power. He's going to be extremely good, going to be always open, and going to help Mac Jones try to find his footing in the NFL, since he really hasn't yet. It's going to be important that he does for the Patriots really to work. That brings us to pick 15 overall with the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers take Peter Skaronski, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. While Green Bay has a couple really big needs, including things like a wide receiver, some offensive line help, some corner help, and even a tight end, Peter Skronsky is the best fit for Green Bay right now. Their biggest problem last year was the offensive line always falling apart, and it really exemplified everything else that was wrong and exaggerated all the other problems, like wide receiver problems. It helps Jordan Love get comfy if he becomes the quarterback now because he's going to have two rocks at offensive tackle with David Bakhtiari and Peter Skronsky. And even if it's Aaron Rodgers still at the helm, somehow, he's never going to be mad at investing in the offensive line, so he doesn't always have to be running all over the place and getting slammed into the ground as a nearly 40-year-old. That brings me to pick number 16 with Washington Commanders. And to me, they take Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee. I know this is a little bit of a tackle run, but tackle is an extremely important position, and Washington needs offensive line help for their young quarterback in Sam Howell. And Darnell Wright has the room to improve even beyond what he is already, which is already a first-round pick. So if you take somebody who already is a late first-round pick, and you have faith that you can develop him, as I do in Washington, He's going to be awesome for a talented offensive line and a talented offense that needs that final push to really be elite. If you're going to bank on a young quarterback like Sam Howell, as Washington is doing, you have to invest in him. And then investment starts in the offensive line. While it may not be the most important need in terms of holes in the lineup, I do think Darnell Wright is a much better option than the next corner available or a linebacker 
or a tight end, whereas Darnell Wright just brings the perfect mix of upside but still filling in a hole and gives versatility to the entire offense, which is going to be important for Eric Bieniemy in his first year as an offensive coordinator. Now that brings us to number 17 overall, where Pittsburgh just got the best wish they could hope for. Joey Porter Jr., the corner from Penn State, has fallen right into their laps. Not only was his father a stealer, but Joey Porter Jr. fits not only the biggest need, but their scheme perfectly. He is an aggressive, sticky man corner who can play zone as well, and is going to be perfect for them. They need an aggressive corner, they need a corner one, and most importantly, they need somebody who can really set the tone. And with Patrick Peterson now on the Steelers as well, I have faith that he's going to get the best mentoring he can from a great leader in Patrick Peterson. So Joey Porter is going to get even better than he already is, and he already is a first rounder who has fallen to 17, which is an impressive thing to say that you fell all the way to 17. Just like that, we're back with the Detroit Lions at pick number 18. And to me, they take Isaiah Foskey, the edge out of Notre Dame. Detroit's in an interesting position where they have a couple of things they might want to invest in, but all of them are a little bit strange. And to me, they take an edge rusher. They invested in corner pretty early on with pick number six. And now Foskey is a great edge overall that will help make all their other investments better. They needed help with the run and have some big holes at linebacker. So by investing in the defensive line, you take pressure off of those linebackers. Not to mention, it's going to make Aiden Hutchinson even better, since now there are going to be two young edges that you have to take care of, not just Aiden Hutchinson and then whoever's on the other side. Foskey offers just a good overall edge rusher, and he's going to make the entire defense better, bringing in yet another young, talented, good player who's going to be able to just get his job done something that Detroit has been doing for a couple years now. That brings us to pick number 19 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are in the midst of a rebuild even if they haven't fully just said it yet. They definitely are aiming for someone like Caleb Williams next year, and you might as well start rebuilding now. And that starts with Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Tackle needs to be the first building block in a massive rebuild, since they do have a big hole at tackle, which was their number one overall need for me when I broke down their team. They're entering a rebuild, and whatever young quarterback they get next year is going to love having a good young tackle right at the left side. Or even the right side if you want Tristan Wirfs to be there. He luckily has the versatility to do that, He's extremely athletic, and overall, he's just going to be a great tackle and a great step in the right direction for a team that needs some direction, since Tom Brady kind of just set their rebuild back a couple years. While it's been a wonderful ride for Tampa Bay, it's time to just invest, and that's how you start with Anton Harrison. With pick number 20 overall, the Seattle Seahawks select Brian Branch, who is a safety out of Alabama, 
but realistically won't only be playing safety. He's much different than just a regular safety. He's going to be playing a slot corner or a nickelbacker. Brian Branch is just made to be a slot corner, and that's how it's going to be. And even NFL has him on their big board as a corner. So while he may be classified as a safety, he's going to play a slot. And to me, that's a perfect fit for Seattle if they don't trade out of one of these two picks. Because Seattle needs a little bit extra help in that secondary, even though it is highly talented. Kobe Bryant didn't have a fantastic year, and Michael Jackson didn't either. So by making them both contend for that corner two spot, while Brian Branch locks down the slot and Tariq Woolen eliminates any number one wide receiver in the NFL, you're going to have a fantastic secondary. Because even if you have an injury, having someone like Kobe Bryant or Michael Jackson be your fourth string option for a corner is a fantastic situation. And Brian Branch is going to be an immediate star for Seattle. Now with pick number 21, the Los Angeles Chargers select Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC. He's a fantastic receiver, he's the best receiver left, and is a great scheme fit. He's extremely fast, but has the opportunity to take into someone's shoes when Keenan Allen or Mike Williams eventually have to go. With their contracts both being very heavy next year, it wouldn't be a surprise if one of them isn't on the Chargers. So by investing in Jordan Addison, you're not only helping the offense this year, but you're helping it even more next year, when you're going to have a second-year wide receiver filling in in a very cheap way over either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, who eventually will have to leave this team just for cap salary reasons. Not only that, he's a talent who kind of fell, just because wide receiver isn't the most important position to a lot of the teams in this draft. Addison has the opportunity to be a true one receiver, but won't need to be, which gives the Chargers a lot of value. Kellen Moore is going to absolutely love hanging on the team, and he brings some speed that they've been needing desperately in Los Angeles, since none of their truly good receivers have had any real deep speed until Jordan Addison. And now with pick number 22, the Baltimore Ravens are in an interesting position but I take Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver out of TCU. Quinton Johnston has every physical tool you could wish for, but he doesn't play as well as he could. He catches a lot of balls with his body and doesn't play like he's 6'4", even though he is. That said, he's extremely fast, and with all those athletic traits, all it takes is one good wide receiver coach or a mentor to be able to teach Quinton Johnston how to be the best he possibly can be. And this is a perfect fit for him to do that. He has Odell Beckham Jr. as a mentor who is a veteran receiver who has been through every stage of being a wide receiver. Not only that, he has time to develop. With the Ravens never really knowing what they're doing on offense, and Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham Jr. ahead of him, he isn't the number one target immediately like most first-round wide receivers are. Not only that, he has Mark Andrews to rely on as well, so he doesn't even have to be the big X receiver right now. He can just develop, despite being extremely talented and being the best fit for this team. He has time to become even better, which is rare for a first-round wide receiver and is extremely exciting for someone who sees that there could be so much more for Quinton Johnston than he put out at TCU, and he was already that productive. 
With pick number 23, the Minnesota Vikings select Keely Ringo, the corner out of Georgia. Keely Ringo is extremely athletic and extremely aggressive and has the opportunity to improve but will still set the tone for Minnesota. Their biggest need by far is corner since their offense is truly elite and their defense just needs a little bit extra help. They have some pieces, but they had a lot of coaching issues last year. So by adding extra talent to that team, you're going to help relieve whoever has to now call the plays for this defense. Keely Ringo is very aggressive and very athletic, but needs to improve still. And luckily, he has the time to on a team like Minnesota, where he's going to get consistent opportunities even if he struggles in the beginning of his season. Pick number 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Deontay Banks, the corner out of Maryland. Now, Deontay Banks is extremely elite, and we'll get to him in a second, but first, why a corner? Well, to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars either need a tackle or a corner from this first round, and corner is ultimately a bigger need. While I love Tyson Campbell, he's an off-zone corner, and while he's good, you might as well get a great second corner since they don't have any other help. Their slot is pretty ugly, not to mention their corner two isn't very good. So by investing in a corner, it's, which is a bigger need over tackle, you're getting a highly athletic player who will have time to improve. He has a 10 RAS, which while RAS doesn't mean everything, having a 10 is extremely elite and something that you can invest in. Not to mention, we've seen the Jaguars do this just last year. You had three great options at edge, and they picked Trevon Walker out of all of them, because they thought he was the most athletic with the highest upside. And that's what Deontay Banks offers, an extremely athletic corner with a lot of upside. The Jaguars clearly like investing in that, and Deontay Banks is no different, not to mention there aren't that many good tackles left, so by taking somebody like Deontay Banks, Jaguars are investing in their future, and can ultimately, if he works out this year, make a deeper playoff push than they already did whereas tackle can be invested in a little bit later in this draft. Pick number 25, the New York Giants are on the clock, and to me, they take Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Zay Flowers is elite, and honestly, I'm unhappy to see him go there as a Washington fan, because he's so good. He's an insane route runner who has great speed and is going to be extremely productive immediately and help the Giants kind of move past the limitations that Daniel Jones puts on them. He has the ability to keep moving after the ball's in his hands, being a yak threat, and ultimately just offers some really good wide receiver talent in a team that hasn't succeeded in getting any on their team. Even though they have tried and invested in it, it just hasn't worked out yet. And Zay Flowers feels like he will. So he's an extremely elite player who honestly probably should have gotten picked before 25 and could in the real draft. But in this mock draft, New York Giants are lucky enough to snag Zay Flowers to help their offense become better and less reliant on Saquon Barkley. With pick number 26, the Dallas Cowboys select Dewan Jones the other offensive tackle out of Ohio State. And now let's look a little bit at 
the Cowboys lineup. While the Cowboys have some other needs like edge and defensive tackle, this is an extremely deep defensive line class. So why invest in the defensive line now when you can later and instead grab an elite talent at tackle? Because Tyron Smith is getting older and his play is not succeeding as much because of it. And Tyler Smith, their tackle from last year, felt more like a guard in the draft and continued to prove that. Because once Tyron Smith came back from injury, Smith kicked into guard and found more success there than he did as a tackle. So to me, to build the best team possible, why not have another Zach Martin in Tyler Smith? And instead, take Dewan Jones, who has an extremely high upside and has a lot of mentor to get from, especially from Tyron Smith. Dewan Jones has elite traits, like the most length I've ever seen from a tackle, who's relatively good. So by investing in him, Dallas is cementing their offensive line for a very long time, which is crucial because Dak Prescott does have his own struggles, especially against pressure. So by keeping that pressure away and investing in your offensive line, the Cowboys are setting themselves up for success for multiple years. Pick number 27, the Buffalo Bills select Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. While he is a little bit small, he has the upside to be an outside corner, with the floor at a slot cornerback, and that's a great fit for someone like with the Buffalo Bills. The Bills need an outside corner, a corner too, but even if he doesn't work out and Cam Smith has to play slot, they also are in need of a truly good slot corner. And Buffalo has been trying to invest in their corner position for a couple of years, including Kyrie Lam last year, and multiple people in the later rounds of multiple drafts. But Cam Smith feels like he can finally give you that upside as a corner to just be a great fit for them, and make them a little bit better as they try to continue to push and see if they can finally get over the hump and win a Super Bowl. Pick number 28, the Cincinnati Bengals select DJ Turner, a corner out of Michigan. And the Bengals are in an interesting position. A lot of their needs are already taken up by now, so DJ Turner is a little bit of a reach. That said, he's an insane athlete who has a lot of upside, so the Bengals might be willing to just reach on him and invest. DJ Turner is extremely good and definitely the biggest need in the Cincinnati Bengals lineup, since they do have a very good team in front of them. With such a high-profile athlete, the Bengals can help put him in a secondary or tertiary spot, which makes less pressure on DJ Turner to be good immediately, and gives him time to develop on an elite team, which is something you don't always get to see with a team like Cincinnati, who's consistently going to be picking in the back half of the draft. DJ Turner, welcome to Cincinnati. He's going to be a great fit, and hopefully turns out extremely well for the Bengals. Pick number 29, we have the New Orleans Saints. And I picked Trenton Simpson, the linebacker out of Clemson. Now, he doesn't really count as a linebacker to me, and I want to preface that immediately. The Saints are in an interesting position where they kind of need corner as their biggest need, and quarterback, and a lot of just very confusing things. But there's no cornerback that's even worth the 29 overall pick anymore. 
since Clark Phillips, while I love him, and I played against him in high school, and I'll continue to say that because I think it's cool, he isn't really worth the 29 overall pick. So by picking Trenton Simpson, who is technically a linebacker, you have a versatile slot player. When reading up on his draft and doing my own film analysis, Simpson played a lot in the slot in an overhang role, which is exactly what I envision him doing in New Orleans. He doesn't really count as a linebacker because he didn't have that many plays at linebacker in Clemson, which works out great for the Saints. If he's a linebacker, he's definitely not a first-round pick, but taking him as a secondary member, he is a first-round pick. And that's where I think the value comes in for New Orleans, who's getting a slot defender who's going to be extremely good for them and continue to bolster that defense that shows that it can be elite. That brings us back to Philadelphia with pick number 30. And to me, they take Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa. While this isn't the highest value pick, we all know what Howie Roseman does. He invests in the low value positions very early, and they lost some big linebacker play, so it's going to be important that they replace it. Jack Campbell is the best true linebacker in the draft, and number 30 is a luxury pick. And they lost one of the best linebackers in the NFL, so why not fill him in with the best linebacker in the draft instead? Investing in that defense that only lost a couple of pieces is going to be important since there aren't too many other places they can invest in right now based off the big board, it's important that they invest in what they can with the best player available. And to me, that, with their scheme fit involved, is Jack Campbell. That finally brings us to pick number 31, since we don't have a 32nd pick, with Kansas City. And to me, they take Matthew Bergeron, the tackle out of Syracuse. They need a lot of offensive tackle help. They lost both Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown this offseason. And that's going to be huge for them. So investing in Matthew Bergeron, who's the last first-round grade you can get as a tackle, is extremely nice. Bergeron is very good and is going to be able to cement down their line that has a lot of versatility right now. And we don't really know what's going to happen in Kansas City in terms of their offensive line. That said, Matthew Bergeron puts them in the right direction and continues to cement that offensive line, something that we've seen them invest in before after they lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So don't be surprised if Kansas City does target a lot of offensive linemen in this draft, starting in the first round. And that is the 2023 first round mock draft. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And ultimately, I hope you had a lot of fun with it because I do too. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say in the comments, so please let me know what you guys thought and what you think your team should do, even if it's in the rest of the draft. I look forward to the NFL draft this Thursday, and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you.